couple quick announcements. Um, I just got thinking, um, let me try to remember to announce this every year. If we have winter weather announcements, they'll be on several places. We'll put it on Facebook, we'll put it on the radio announcements, and we have that text app you can get on the phone, we'll put it on there. So if you don't have that and you need that, you can talk to Brad after the service and he'll help you get that app on your phone. We don't pester you. We just like announcements like that. This Wednesday night at 7, prayer only. Um, and then remember, Christmas Eve, our service will be at 5 o'clock. It will only be about an hour. It will be a family service. There will be no nursery or preschool. And we will not have service on Sunday morning. Our service that week will be Saturday evening from 5 to 6. Also, uh, uh, earlier this fall, we just decided we needed to stock up on on food supplies and stuff like that, and everybody pitched in, and we filled the pantry. We've been having calls for food, and we've given a significant amount away this week. We still have quite a bit, but we are in need. Probably the things we need the most are toiletries, like soap, shampoo, toothpaste, toothbrushes, laundry detergent, and stuff like that. So if you have would like to help with that, you can just bring it and, and sit it in the kitchen, and we'll take care of that. I know the people we dealt with this week said it's becoming difficult to find places that will help supply food and other things. So that has been a blessing, and and we thank you for that. Um, couple quick, oh, one other thing. We have these devotionals out there, and we get quite a few of them. And so if you would like to take some of those and give out at Christmas, they make good stocking stuffers, just help yourself and take them. Yeah, they're just free to give away for that. So uh, take those and, and get those out. Um, one thing that I've noticed through the years is that a lot of believers are confused on what the Bible says concerning finances. And sometimes people are led to believe that God wants you poor. And in the 40-plus years that I've been a believer and studied the Word of God, I don't see it. I only see that he wants to bless us. And so this morning, I'm just going to read you a few of my favorite scriptures concerning finances and prosperity. In 3 John 2, this is Paul writing, and he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Some people will try to say that just means you prosper in your spiritual life. It says that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. One of my favorite scriptures is in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. I'll read it to you. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. If you understand the curse of the law, it was threefold. It was eternal death, it was sickness and disease, and it was poverty, lack, and debt. And it tells us that Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law. So salvation includes more than just getting to heaven when you die. Amen. It includes God's ability and desire for you to prosper, to be in health, just as it talked about in Third John 3. So Jesus came to redeem us from those curses. In um, one scripture in 1 Timothy 6.10 that gets misquoted a lot, people talk about money being the root of evil. Money is not the root of evil. Money is a tool. It's the love of the tool that is the root of evil. 
It's like somebody that goes to Baumgars and just worships DeWalt. <laughs> okay. And it's all right to like DeWalt, but you don't use them for evil. You don't worship them. You use them for good. And it's the same principle with money. Money is just a tool. And so we worship God and we use the tools that he gives us. And then the scripture that set me free years and years ago when we were struggling financially, when we were young, in Deuteronomy 8.18, and it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he might establish his covenant on the earth. He has given us tools finances are tools that we might use them to to promote the kingdom of God, to help people, to give them food when they have need, and all those things. So you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant on the earth. We thank you. Father, you're this people has always been a generous people. We thank you for your generosity. Make sure that if you want a accurate receipt for your giving at the end of the year that you fill these out accurately and legibly. Um, we need your name, your address, and what you're giving. And if last week we talked about we've got our new computer system ordered, it's on the way. We got the new keyboard. Um, so if you would like to help with that, you can just put in other and put computer system or whatever, and we'll know where it goes to. If you need an envelope for your giving ushers, uh, you can raise your hand. The ushers will get you that, and then the ushers will receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Let's stand up once more. I want to pray over you. I, I like those scriptures that she gave you today. You need to believe that God wants to prosper you. Amen. He wants you to be blessed financially. He gives seed to the hoarder. No. He gives seed to the sower. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless this body today. Every believer, every family, for it is your express desire and will to prosper them. Thank you, Lord, for the financial blessings of 2022. But Lord, 2023, Lord, we're believing you for big things. And we're asking you, Lord God, for more finances that we can 
further and advance the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And so I say, I declare, I decree today, these people are going to experience financial blessings in 2023 exceedingly abundantly above all that they might ask or think because you are a big God. We love you and we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say everything he said was true. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Was that the song you got? Tell the people about that before you sit down. So obviously I wasn't here last week, and I feel like I've been gone for a month. No, I wasn't faking. But while I was gone, uh, last Sunday morning around 9.30, and I, I saved it. I'm not going to read the whole text. But at uh, 9.30 last Sunday morning, Scott uh, just sent me a message and basically just said, Hey, we, we miss you. We're praying for you. And um, he had some other... Um, I almost want to say prophetic words in regards to worship. And I uh, just said, hey, thanks, appreciate it, and went back, went back to sleep. And then got up later that, <clears throat> I got up later that afternoon, um, but before I got up, I got a song while I was sleeping, which I've never had that happen before. I get songs uh, frequently, but I've never had a song given to me while I was asleep. And I woke up right away and went over to the, <clears throat> this, this new uh, keyboard, which I had set up at the house, and just <clears throat> right away started playing it and started singing it even though I couldn't sing, like my voice <laughs> was shot. But I knew instantly that it was, it was just a song from the Lord. And then um, I responded back to, to Scott afterwards and said, hey, I got a song while I was sleeping. I never had that happen before. He goes, yeah, God told me that's what he was going to do. And so I just found uh, how interesting it was that, that Scott already knew what was going to happen. doesn't surprise me because he's hooked up. But just how God... Um, even not being here. Um, I'm not saying skip church so you get songs. It's not what I'm saying. But it was interesting how he, because Scott said, you know, it wasn't the same. You know, our worship leader wasn't here. It wasn't the same not having that. And obviously worship is a huge part of what we do. Um, but anyways, in spite of whatever illness, sickness, disease, whatever that was, um, how, how God was good to pour that out. And then I, I thought it was interesting, too, how it lines up with what you've been talking about, about thinking big. And, and, the, and the big God that we had. And, right. and listening to the, to the message you gave last week, I found it particularly interesting of how you actually ended that message because you essentially said, and the name of that song is You Are More Than Enough. You essentially ended service by saying, he is more than enough. He's not just the God of just enough or just barely get by, but he is the God of more than enough. So I found that very interesting how that line, because obviously I wasn't here to hear that last week, but how that just lined up with what, you've been talking about. And, and that song, so many times we focus on what we don't have or we focus on the problem or the struggle or the, the right. situation. And, and we all have things that we're going through individually, corporately, together. There's all kinds of different battles that are taking place. But he's, he's promised everything. He said, I am, I am your source. I am the God of more than enough. I will provide. I will take care. I will meet the need. Um, and so just remembering all that he's promised of, of who he is and what we have in him, I just thought it blessed me, and I can't wait to. Obviously, we haven't had time to practice it yet because I know there's a whole lot more within that song, but just how good he is to pour out. Amen. Amen. God is good.
On November 7th, on a Monday morning, as I was walking up the steps to my office, I heard in my spirit the word Gilgal. Now, that's not a word that you get on a Monday morning walking up the steps. I get donut. And usually I obey God and eat one. But I got the word Gilgal, G-I-L-G-A-L. And I thought, that, I thought that was unusual, but I know the word of the Lord. And so I, I, I went upstairs and, and began to study. This was a, a prominent site on the other side of the Jordan River. Do you remember when the, the nation of Israel crossed the Jordan River? Supernatural crossing. What happened? That's right. Just like the Red Sea. And they crossed and they went over to the other side. But as I studied this, Gilgal, the word, and especially in the book of Joshua, I began to see the spiritual parallels with the church today. And so I believe we're going to start on this word and we'll be on this going into 2023 because there's some different subjects that, that we'll deal with. But I'm going to read to you, and then I, I, how many of you got a, one of these? You can get that. I, I'm going to get off of this, so don't get your undies in a bundle. She types it up. She's like, she's very good, and she makes sure I, I stay on track. But, I, but, okay, just relax. Remember, we're a family of generals. And uh, we're not going to get through all this today, okay? So this will be next week's too, as you get a week off. If you want to look in the book of Joshua, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Joshua, Deuteronomy, then Joshua. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read you, I wrote this down because and I'm going to read you three chapters out of the book of Joshua today. And it won't take a long time, but I want to build a foundation so you understand where the nation of Israel was, how they crossed the Jordan, and then what God expected from His people. The church, I believe, has crossed a jo- the Jordan River spiritually. Now we've, but, but the thing is, we've got battles ahead of us. We have giants that we have to slay. And I'll clue you, the, the fortified cities, that after they crossed the Jordan River, the nation of Israel had to deal with fortified cities that were full of giants. I study that. I, I think that's an interesting side note. I, I haven't really preached and taught on it. But you remember Goliath? Those cities were full of giants. Their DNA was corrupted by the devil. And that's why God said destroy everybody, even children and animals. That's a whole other side note. So the nation of Israel, they had to become a military army. So let me read this so I don't start rambling. I'll stick to the script. 
We find our information about Gilgal in the book of Joshua. Gilgal was the first campsite of the people of Israel after they crossed the Jordan River into Canaan, the promised land. Say promised land. Centuries before, God had promised to make Abraham and his descendants into a great nation and to give them Canaan as their homeland on the condition that they remained faithful and obedient to him. The inhabitants of Canaan were wicked, lawless, morally depraved. Now listen, and their religion included child sacrifice. Hasn't changed, has it? Same demonic spirit. By contrast, Israel had been without a homeland for over 400 years. They'd been slaves in Egypt. And what had happened to them, they had developed a slave mentality. You know, we've been redeemed from being slaves of sin. And we're the righteousness of God in Christ. But many Christians still have a sin consciousness. They're ruled by the flesh. They're ruled by sin. After they wandered in the desert for over 40 years, they would have to become... Now listen, because this is prophetic. They would have to become a united military force prepared to do battle. Do you see what's going on today? We have to become a spiritual, united, military force prepared to do battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. We fight spiritual battles. And if you don't know who you are as a believer and as a Christian, you're going to struggle. Gilgal, which means this, we'll get into this in the weeks ahead, we'll talk more about what it means, but just a simple definition. Gilgal, which means circle of stones, it means wheel, it means rolling. It was a memorial of 12 stones set up to remind Israel and its descendants of God's power in drawing up the Jordan River and bringing supernatural deliverance to his people. So Gilgal was a a very important, it was the first campsite of the nation after they crossed the Jordan, and from there on things changed. Good things happened. They had few bad things happen. The themes are the main themes that are associated with Israel's Gilgal experience. Now, this is what we're going to apply to us today. And I believe, not only does this word Gilgal, I believe God was speaking that word to me. Because it's where we're at right now as a church. And everyone said, these are the themes that were important to the nation of Israel. Number one, and we're going to talk about, this will be the first one today. We'll go a little ways on this. Strong leadership. Say strong leadership. Not weak leadership. See, the church is in the condition it's in right now because of weak leadership. Religious leadership. And we need strong leaders. 
God has raised us up to be strong leaders. I'm so proud of of the people of Harvest Church and how they've stepped it up this year and gotten involved politically. I really am. Because a lot of of churches, they'll stay away from that subject. Thank God for Mario Morello. He built a fire under some preachers. And this is one of them. So, strong leadership. Number two, deliverance. Number three, personal responsibility. Should we skip that one? Or do you want to be gone that week? Number four, here's another one the church struggles with, authority. Number five, obedience, covenant, consecration. And here's where we're at right now. Transition. Say transition. I don't like the word change. I want the word transition. Another one, and this is what I believe the church is going to come into this in the days ahead if they get their act together. Healing and rest. Say healing and rest. Another subject, we'll talk about this. A unified military. Not every, we we don't need a church of Rambos. Although I do like Rambo. I admire that. I love Mel Gibson and Sylvester Stallone, and that's Hollywood, though. But we need some spiritual Rambos that can work together. Say, work together. And then the final, courage and conquest. Okay. The one that stood out to me today as I was driving out here was the word, because I had this and I crossed through. I had the word change, and I believe the Spirit of God wants us to see this word, transition. How many have ever given birth to a baby? What's transition like, ladies? Well, there's a word, fast, painful, difficult. We man don't even get it, do we? What else? Change. Something happens, doesn't it? Things speed up. Transition. Because that's where we're at right now. Go to the keyboard. Turn your keyboard on, would you? Please. No, I just want you to do something. I want you to go from one key to another key. Okay, see, that's a transition. That's in the music world. That's transition. That's where we're at right now. That's where you're at right now. That's where this church is at right now. And some of us are going to struggle with it because we have a hard time. Nobody likes change. Nobody likes transition. But if we're going to fulfill our spiritual destiny as families, corporately as a church, we're going to have to make some transitions. I'm dealing with some transition right now. Are you? I don't know. You don't have to raise your hand. But it's necessary. There's a, there's, a script, 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 there's a scripture. There's a scripture. In Hebrews 6, in verse 1, it says this. Let us go on to maturity. Say that with me. Let us go on to maturity. 
There's another scripture in Philippians 3 that talks about forgetting those things that are behind and pressing in towards those things that are ahead. That's where we're at. Have you noticed? It's been that way this year. But, and the thing that I've noticed is I've, I've, I listen to what the prophets, I listen to a few. I don't listen to a lot of it because a lot of it, they're just on the bandwagon to make money. But there are some good prophets out there. And they basically have said this. The church hasn't gotten it yet. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still wandering around the mountain. Haven't even thought about crossing the Jordan. That'd be too big a transition. But there's a remnant. Remember, Gideon had a remnant, and I keep saying it by faith. I'm part of the remnant. You're part of the remnant. We're going forward. You remember Ziklag when, when David, they came and his men came, and they, the enemy had raided their camp, stolen their goods, taken their families, their children, and everything. They were going to stone David. David went, sought the Lord, Basically, God said, go ahead and pursue and you'll recover all. There's always going to be some people left behind. He had to leave some people behind. But the thing is, when he came back, his, his fellow raiders did not want to bless those that were left behind. And he said, oh, no, we'll bless them the same. They stayed with the camp, guarded the provisions, the supplies. So we've got to have a mentality and it's real easy, folks. I don't know about you, but I can get angry. She can get angry. Can you get angry with you see what's going on in the world? The injustice, the lawlessness, the perversion. But folks, we, we can't stay angry and be effective. And I got to remind myself, keep your mouth shut. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your mouth shut. But you could also say, but there are times you can open it. At the, when you're led by the Spirit of God. Amen. So this was a big transition. That's where we're at right now. Now, the purpose of this whole series, I'm just laying a foundation today, is to discover the significance of Israel's Gilgal experience. What did they learn? What mistakes did they make? And then learn from them, and then apply them to our lives today. Look at Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Now, I'm going to read to you today. Promise me you will not go to sleep. I didn't, I, what'd you say? Promise, okay. Because this gives you the story. And it's interesting. It's an exciting, I love Joshua. Joshua was a leader. Joshua was a strong leader. He came up under another strong leader, and his name was Moses. 
After the death of Moses, chapter 1, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I've given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Isn't that wonderful God encouraging his future leader? I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, I want you, if you got an electronic device, I don't think you can do this, but I'm going to tell you to underline some words as I go. I want you to underline, be strong and of good courage. And then as we go through this, I want you to underline the word command or commanded. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do all the law which Moses, my servant, what? Commanded you, underline that. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Here we go again. Have I not you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, do you think that could be God speaking to his people today? Do you think he's changed? No. Uh Uh-uh. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying pass through the camp and command the people saying prepare provisions for yourselves for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess what do you mean prepare provisions for yourselves why should they what's been going on past few years before that where their provisions come from Remember, bread rained down from heaven, quail supernaturally provided. But now he's telling the church, prepare provisions for yourself. Take personal responsibility. And to the Reubenites, the Gadites, the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua spoke, saying, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, what? commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is giving you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help him until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. So he's telling basically, you want the land on the other side of Jordan, you've got to come and cross and help your brethren secure their land first. Then you can go back and possess your, your ground. It says, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servant, gave you on this side of the Jordan toward the sunrise. So they answered Joshua, saying, all that you command us, we will do. Whether Wherever you send us, we will go, just as we heeded Moses in all things. So we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you, as he was with Moses. Who Now listen, I like this scripture. 
<laughs> Verse 18, whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and have good courage back then. If you, you rebelled, you were disobedient, you were toast. You want to know why the church is in the shape it's in today? Because they do not want to follow any commandments of the Lord. Let alone someone like a, a preacher who says, you need to do this, do this, and do this. Nah, I'm going to do it my way. And some of you saw the light, thank God, and I was one of them. But there are people, the Christians today, they cannot heed the commandments of the Lord. Back then, you were stoned to death. You were, you were toast. I'm trying to say that to see how important it is to obey God. We're going to skip two. That's another chapter. But I want to go on to three because this is where they cross. So I think the nation of Israel is finally catching on to what God has commanded them to do. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days, the officers went through the camp, or the other leadership went through the camp, and they what? Requested. If you want to, you can go with us. No. Commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way in which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So what he's basically saying, about 10 football fields between the ark and the people. Why? So they could see it. Now, what led the people before that? Now, think back. Cloud by day, fire by night. No more cloud by day, no more fire by night. Transition, change. Got to follow that physical um, arc, which was the presence, symbolized the presence of God. He says, yet there shall be a space between you, about 2,000 cubits. Do not come near it, that you may know the way in which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. So, wonders came after. Wonders, miracles came after. Sanctification. Wednesday night we were on our knees. Repenting. In other words, the church needs to repent. I mean really, genuinely, from your heart, repent of your sin. I knew that would go over. Okay, let's move on. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, went before the people, verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall... Are you getting the picture on that word command? 
The priests who you shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, "When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan." <laughs> so Joshua said to the children of Israel, "Come here, hear the words of the Lord your God." And Joshua said, "By this you shall know the living God is among you, and that He will." Without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, and their Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and the Termites, and the Parasites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into, into the Jordan. Hasn't God promised in his word he'd go before us? Now, therefore, take for yourselves twelve men. That's the number of government, by the way. Twelve men from the tribes of Israel. One man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream, they shall, not, they shall stand as a heap. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan. Now, you've got to picture this, folks. Now, let me read this, and then I'll explain this. And those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan. The feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. Now, listen. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. How, how wide is the Elkhorn River, do you think? Yard-wise. Give me an idea. That much? Usually the Jordan was probably 30 to 35 yards wide until flood stage. Then it was a mile wide. Think back, folks, with the flood. Remember the flood? That's what it probably looked like when... The Israelites were getting ready to cross the Jordan River. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still, rose in a very very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan River. Now, that's supernatural. But I want you to picture the priests that were carrying the ark. Those dudes were the first ones in. See, God always will position leadership. There will always be leaders who will go first. But the people need to realize that, recognize that, and then do what the leaders say. There are spiritual leaders throughout the nation. Are they not speaking to the church right now? But are you listening? I don't know. One more chapter. And it came to pass when all the people completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you. Leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. And the name of that place was? Right. 
Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe, and Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. Each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Now listen, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off from before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded, took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged, laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there to this day. So the priests who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan. That's a lot of standing, folks. How many folks do you think there were? Hundreds of thousands. They had to stand in the midst of the Jordan till everything were finished was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to the, all that the Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed over. I bet they did. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And I bet those priests were complaining. My feet hurt. I bet. Oh, they they, they didn't have you know. Uh, Skechers, they didn't have the right shoe, footwear. Uh-uh. They didn't have my the muck boots, guys, that you had when you were at duck hunting yesterday. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. And about 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for battle on to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they'd fear Moses all the day of his life. And then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony, Come up from the Jordan. I bet they were ready. And Joshua therefore commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. See, that's where they camped. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. And then he spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before before you until you'd crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth, I like this, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. That's a wonderful story. And it's true. Did you notice children were mentioned? What we're doing right now as a church and as a people is for the children. 
the future of our children and grandchildren. And you better let that become a revelation to you. Because that will motivate you when your flesh doesn't want to do some things. We're doing it for our children. The words, be strong and good courage and command, commanded. Did you pick up on that? How many times that word commanded? But a lot of people don't want to receive the commands of the Lord. And because they're not doing the commands of the Lord, they're going to suffer and their children are going to suffer. Church, it's time to heed the commands of the Lord. It's time to do the word of God. It's time to recognize and discern what God is doing with his people and how we're preparing for the days ahead and how we're going to have to deal with some giants. Look at your neighbor and say this. Get your poop in a group. I do that just to get all the religious devils all riled up. But we have to. We have to. We're not playing church anymore. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look away up there. I read to you today, but I want you to go back and study chapters 1, 3, and 4. Meditate on the words, be strong and be of good courage. Meditate on the words, command. Next week we'll talk about a servant leader is first of all a servant follower. Say a servant leader must be a servant follower. Some people have trouble following. But Joshua followed Moses. Elisha followed Elijah. Timothy followed the Apostle Paul. And you can see it throughout Scripture. Let's stand to our feet today. See, if you're visiting today, when the preacher says stand up, you know that he does that. So he can get you out of here and you can get out of here. Amen? Did you, did you get anything today? What did you catch today? Give me some feedback. Transition. Are you in a transition, young couple? God's just strengthening you. Amen. Preparing you. What else? Leadership. Leadership. What? Courage. Thank you, Culver's dude. Courage. We've never passed this way before. It's all going to be new. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this body today. Their spiritual eyes be open to see and their ears be open to hear what you're speaking to the church in this hour, preparing us for battle. Preparing us to go forward, but Lord, you promised to go ahead of us so we don't have to fret or worry about anything. So, Lord God, we cast all our cares, concerns on you today because you're a big God. You're Almighty God. And we say you're a big God to our families. You're a big God to this church. You're a big God to this community in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we go forth. 
the righteousness of God in Christ, no longer slaves to sin. We go forth, Father, prepared and ready to do spiritual battle for you. Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Is everyone here today with hands lifted up say, Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus. Amen. 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 Is there anyone here, and I, I want to be sensitive, that needs prayer for your physical body? Then I'm going to pray for this. The, there's people gone today that are sick. Your hubby's home. It's all your fault. Are you feeling better? Okay. Anybody else? Amen. Father, I thank you. You said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. I bind infirmity over Tony, her husband, her household in Jesus' name, and I lose healing, health, strength, and a supernatural quick recovery. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage in Jesus' name. And I take that authority in Christ Jesus and bind infirmity and viruses over this body of believers, every family. Thank you, Lord God, for those that have been attacked. I thank you for supernatural quick recovery. I thank you, Lord, your divine favor surrounds us as with a shield in Jesus' name. Amen. Everyone said, be strong, be courageous. Amen. God bless you. Anything else? Patriots Tuesday night at 6.